This is the websites.ca podcast where we help Canadian small businesses build and maintain an effective website and online presence. Good day, everybody. Sean Corbett here again, websites.ca marketing. Today, rather than drilling down into a specific online, offline marketing topic, we're going to speak in more general terms about how the marketing for a small business works from a a high up bird's eye point of view. We're joined by a general manager who's also in charge of marketing at a boutique family run winery in the Okanagan. That winery is Lightning Rock and that manager is Catrice Sutherland. Hey Catrice, what's up? Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. So why don't we just jump right into it. Tell us, you know, give us an overview of the general marketing operations you do at the winery? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, we are super small, uh, family run. So uh, a lot of our marketing, as you can imagine, is done in-house. We're very fortunate that we do also partner with the Bottleneck Drive Association, which helps account for some of our marketing on a grander scale uh, for the region. But in-house, a lot of our marketing is social media based, uh, we've got a couple different sales channels that we work through uh, with web sales, wine club sales, wholesale, and alongside all of those channels are also several opportunities for marketing as well. So you do live events, you do online events, um, and then you said e-commerce, yeah. email, and social media mainly. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so from that high up sort of 50,000 foot view, I was going to ask you, what is your strategy for creating and releasing content, specifically social media content, but it can also be, you know, email content and and other promotions? Uh, The biggest strategy I would say is making sure that your content is authentic and includes anecdotes and personal experiences. That is the driving force to connecting with your audience, um, and that will keep the audience intrigued. Right, so specifically, what do you guys do? Do you have a schedule? Do you say, I want to do one piece of content per week that, <clears throat> I don't know, that, that peels back the layer in our business and then one piece of content that promotes a product? Like, do, do you kind of differentiate and, and plan it like that? Yep, so on a monthly basis, we do uh, one email that goes out and we call it our 10 things email. And it's um, short little spurts that kind of sum up what we've been up to throughout the winery. So that gives you an overview of our events, uh, what's happening on the winery side, what happens in the vineyard, uh, fun little anecdotes uh, that maybe happened on a personal level for some of our team, uh, or it's a good opportunity to shout out to uh, fellow businesses in the community that we've partnered with. On social media side, we post on a more regular basis. Um, We'd love to build up our email strategy so that we're offering more emails throughout the month, but right now we're just focusing on that one. Social media kind of gives you a behind the scenes glimpse on a day-to-day basis. So we tend to post there between five to seven times a week. Right, and that's also a mix of like what you were talking about, giving shine to community members, talking about new products, showing the day-to-day operations in the in the winery, yeah. things like that. Okay, and just to clarify, you said one email a month, but I obviously I'm on your list, and I know for a fact <laughs> that you send more emails because you also sell products. 
Yes. Right? Yeah. So we'll also do um, feature emails where we'll take a single product and tell you all about it. The vineyard site that it comes from, the uh, quality, unique features of the product, uh, sometimes just about the vineyard owners. Um, we have also done an email uh, structure so that we're reaching out to our club members and our VIP list on a frequent basis to let them know of any changes in the company or um, upcoming events. And yeah, our, our public reach right now is um, on the quieter side, but is because we want to reserve that conversation for our VIPs and our super fans that decide to sign up to the club. Which is a lot driven by in-person visits, is that right? Absolutely. Okay. So our biggest um, our biggest marketing opportunity is right on the home field in the tasting room throughout the tasting season. Right. Yeah, so I think sometimes, and that leads into my next question, but a lot of business owners maybe who listen to this or just in general who are looking to improve online are thinking of approaching new customers cold from online channels. And what a lot of businesses are doing, and I've observed that you guys do, is that you are creating a great experience for your visitors in person because, of course, the business runs like that with people coming in. And then you're making these touch points online in different areas. So now they're more familiar with what you're doing. You're not necessarily relying on online to bring them in, but to keep them and to turn them into better customers. Is that right? Yes. Okay. A lot of our conversions come from either recommendations from other wineries in the area or from retails that like retail settings or restaurant settings where our wines are featured on um, really well recognized uh, wine lists uh, put together by sommeliers who have either come to visit us or tasted us again through word of mouth from one of our other suppliers. So um, by the time you get to the tasting room, you've already you already have a general idea of what you're getting into, and when you're there. Um, it's more about developing an experience and for us the goal with our marketing moving forward is that you take that experience that you had and enjoy it outside of the products and services that we're giving you so and that kind of leads into also like um, joint ventures and things like that like you said with restaurants and so on in your case but small businesses could think whatever applies to their industry um, so in most industries, what I've noticed is there's a disconnect between what the owner expects and is aware of and what the marketer can do or what will be effective marketing. And we have mostly uh, small business owners listening to this. So obviously, I'm asking this question in good faith, not to, uh, not to dump on anybody, but just to help them understand where the marketer is coming from. Could you tell us a few misconceptions that owners in your industry typically have about the types of marketing that you're doing? that you should not send a ton of emails out. You should absolutely be hitting up your pre-vetted list as much as humanly possible. Every single email that you send, whether it's an anecdote or a product feature or announcement of something happening uh, at your winery can have a link to a sale. And nine times out of 10, those sales are gonna, or, or the, those links are gonna convert to sales for you. One of the things that I think owners um, worry about is that you're going to push your list to the point that they unsubscribe and that you lose people who might have someday, one day in the future, purchase wine, but or any product that you're offering. But um, 
the truth of it is, is you're dwindling your list and you're focusing in so that you're only left with people who are super fans that you know for sure are going to buy repeat purchase. And at that point, you have an opportunity to not only like offer them more products, but to get to know them and build rapport. And they then themselves become a sales channel on your behalf. One of the things that we've done, uh, for example, is really key into our wine club members because they are super passionate about what we're doing. Um, they're passionate about our vineyard stewardship. They're excited about the product. They're excited about the events. So there's no better person to market it than those super fans. They take pictures at the events, post them to their social media page. They're drinking wine. They pull it out at dinner parties. This kind of conversation is what brings in new people to our sales channel. And what about for I understand there's content, like you said, that the customers produce, but there's also um, content that you guys make, let's say, like for social media. And do sort of owners or other managers ever have misconceptions when it comes to creating content? Like, say, for instance, it has to be done in a super professional way or, or we have to come up with something very creative or anything like that that you've encountered? Yep, absolutely. I think... The dynamic of that depends on what your branding outline is, though, because, for example, there are some wineries who have taken a very hands off approach with their marketing, where the only pictures that you will see on their page is um, really clean cut photos of the vineyard. Uh, only photos of brand new released wines. There's not a lot of uh, interaction about staff or um, the faces of the business. Um, they don't tell you like the in behind the scenes secrets. It's very polished. And if that's your style, there's nothing wrong with that. But you are missing some opportunities to connect with people who are looking for more in depth. The worst thing that happens is the worst thing that happens with putting out more content is that maybe that content doesn't hit every single time. But the benefit to that is that you're now hitting um, self-segmenting groups. You're getting people who love that insider scoop that are going to interact with the insider scoop content and the people who like that professional, more polished look. That's great to reach new clients who are like for the first time seeing your company and want to vet if it's of quality. So and that it, ties back into that uh, authenticity thing you were saying at the start of the conversation that some people can be very scared about showing their, you know, I don't know, it could be the messy office of the business owner on video or they're not perfect on camera or whatever. And they, they don't realize how much of, of us as an audience, not marketers, but as an audience, when we are interested in a brand or a product, that kind of thing is probably the most memorable and, and titillating content. It's just not comfortable for the person who's asked to do it for the first time. I think it's because uh, we are not trained to be unapologetic about the way that we operate business or the way that we're perceived by other people. Um, of course, you always want to put your best foot forward uh, in a business setting because the risk is that your bottom line decreases if you do it wrong. But that being said is you don't know if it's wrong for your business and your clients and your audience until you try it. So the great thing about social media, for example, is that you have access to such a multitude of insights um, and reporting features. You can actually track, gauge, and then reposition yourself if, let's say, the video of your messy office doesn't fly and people aren't engaging with it. Don't post that style again. Try something else. And the ones that 
you do post and you find out when the best time to post is, you start building your repetition that way. You start building your content um, to suit your audience in that way. I think the tendency is to believe that if you don't do a great piece of content, people will hate it or get mad when the reality is people will just ignore it and completely forget about it. So from that sense, every new piece of content is a blank slate and folks needn't be worried about it. I mean, that would be a great problem to have if people were getting mad at your content because you would be doing at least something right. <laughs> so my, my final sort of serious question that I had is I usually ask all of our guests to provide a few easy wins to the audience, something they can take away from the podcast and go in action immediately. But in your case, I wanted to focus on a specific here in our conversation. It's something that I know that you do that we haven't really talked about yet on this episode, and we've never really talked about it before on the podcast. And that's the little gifts, surprises, or fascinators that you give to your wine club members that you work into your business, particularly the physical and tactile stuff. So I wondered maybe if you could just guide us quickly through the concept and then give a few examples of, of what you do, why you do it, and some of the outcomes from that. Yeah. we So for our wine club members, when you receive your quarterly wine shipment, of course you get your six bottles of delicious wine. No brainer. And it's really good. And you're going to be excited when you open that box either way. But what the goal is for us by adding these additional little gifts is to drop little tidbits of excitement into your life, which is sprinkle it in there that goes beyond you opening those bottles of wine. So for example, most recently we have done uh, in our wine club packs, a branded corkscrew. Um, Now only one of our bottles, like we, in the future, we actually switched over to a selfing cap, which doesn't require a corkscrew. Um, But we have one bottle that came in their pack that has a cork, but that corkscrew they'll use on that one bottle that one time. And then it's going to get pulled out for every single bottle of wine that they open that isn't ours. It's a constant drip reminder that we're their friends and we're reliable and um, the brand is going to be in their face every time they touch it and it's going to be a marketing um, feature for their guests whenever guests come over and see it. Um, We always make sure to choose some type of higher quality gift um, that kind of makes them feel special. But we're We also have taken an angle uh, over the last year where we do more childlike wonder gifts. Um, And the goal of that is to just create a little excitement in your life. So we did blowing bubbles, um, which sounds really silly, but um, we turned it and focused it so that it was relatable to the winery as well. So uh, the bubbles were locally made. The essential oils that we added to them were locally made. And then we add a, here's what we envision you doing with this kind of postcard. Um, that was included in the in the shipment that you sent out? Yeah. Okay. And of course, no one knew that was coming. They just expected one. Yep. Okay. So, um, so that for us was like... W- a bubbles release we actually put out like three bottles of sparkling wine in that pack and you got this little thing of bubbles and it said 
here's our uh, here's what we envision is you will blow these bubbles at night before you head to bed. The bubbles pop in your room. It becomes a sense of aromatherapy. You've now created this tactile visual experience um, that involves um, this sounds weird, but it involves their mouth. And so we made a joke like you can go straight from blowing bubbles to sipping bubbles. Enjoy. And the amount of people who have come back and and given us feedback and said like, oh, we love that. It was so cute. Or I think this is silly, but my kids thought it was awesome. Like we're looking to make sure that everyone who's involved in the experience, be it um, the adults opening the box or the kids that are sitting at the kitchen table with the adults opening the box, have something exciting to look forward to. And then I'm sure a lot of those people not only came back and told you the next time they visited, but they probably did social media posts and tagged you on your behalf, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what my marketing uh, mentor says about creating um, unpaid marketing interns to go out into the world and do your work for you. So that, that sounds great. Well, Catrice, tell us what's upcoming for Lightning Rock and how can the listeners find you guys and buy your wine? This year is very exciting. Uh, we have lots of new events coming out over the 2023 summer season. Uh, we're doing, for the first year ever, some live music and food truck pop-ups. We've got a couple of uh, very talented chefs and caterers coming to host pop-up dinners on site at the vineyard. And, of course, a whole slew of brand new wine products that are being released for the very first time, as well as vintage renewals. Um we're definitely excited to have people join the wine club, uh, which is where you access those brand new releases for the first time. Try to keep it exclusive for you guys. Um, so if you're interested in grabbing some of those wines, uh, slide on over to our website, lightningrockwinery.com, and take a peek. See, see if it matches. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes. So final word goes to you, Catrice. Anything else you want to say just about sort of a general overview of marketing for a small business? Hmm. Yes. Um, your people are the most important part of your business. Um, the people that you hire, they have amazing visions with how to connect with the people who are your clients. Um, so in, in both sides, like always looking to the people, uh, looking for ideas from your people, looking to uh, entice your, your clients, looking to make sure that your people are taken care of in every way possible. Um, this year, the one of the most interesting things that I've discussed with my owner was an approach called 33 touch points. Um, and the concept is just that every single person on our list and every single client and um, as much as we can, every person that interacts with our business, we try to be in touch with them 33 times within a year. Um, and what that does is builds that rapport and those relationships, that trustworthiness. Um, and quite honestly, it, it can be a really amazing generator for new ideas um, as well. So yeah, don't be, don't be afraid to reach out to your people and get your people involved. And yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, marketing feeds back in on itself, and then the audience generates more ideas for you based on their reactions to current assets and ideas. That's awesome, Kat. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. If you're not satisfied with your current website or the service you get from your provider, you can switch to websites.ca for free and get a great support team behind you. Just visit websites.ca or email Ryan directly at ryan at websites.ca. 
Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time.